the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. That is the best time to do the right thing. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is not something you should put off until later. Don't delay doing the right thing. When you know the right thing to do, don't put it off. The longer you delay doing the right thing, the harder it will be to do the right thing. Can you remember a time when you knew exactly what to do and took action without a moment's hesitation? Not only did you ensure a positive outcome, but you may have developed trust in a friend or colleague and strengthened your confidence as well. In today's message, Pastor Dan says that is exactly how you should approach doing the right thing. You can't hesitate even for a second. He says that if you hesitate, then one second becomes two and three, and before you know it, the opportunity is gone. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Given the choice between a murderer walking the streets or Jesus walking the streets, they'd rather have a murderer. We'll take anything but Jesus. We'll take anyone but Jesus. And listen, don't think people are any different today. Don't think people are any different today. Our culture today says we'll take anything but Jesus. You can give us anything but Jesus. We don't want your Jesus. You look at what they're allowing into schools right now what they're allowing into public libraries right now? You try to bring Jesus in, you try to bring the Bible in, no thanks. Right? You want to have a drag queen story hour at the public library? That is welcome. You want to have a Christian story hour? Well, you're going to need an attorney for that. You're going to have to threaten a lawsuit to get permission for that. You can give us anything you want. We'll take anything you want. Just please do not give us Jesus. You know, Jesus said, that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. That's the issue here in our text. That's the issue in the world today. That's the issue in our culture. Men love darkness rather than light because the light exposes their deeds. And so men choose darkness over light and they try to extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. So verse 19. So while Pilate was sitting on his judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream 
because of him. So the wife of Pontius Pilate had this disturbing dream about Jesus. She wakes up from the dream. She immediately sends a message to her husband warning him to have nothing to do with this just man or this innocent man. And dreams play a prominent role in the New Testament. Dreams play a very prominent role in the Gospel of Matthew. God communicates through dreams. We see here that God even communicates to unbelievers through a dream. And you can imagine how this probably impacted Pilate. Here he is. He's, he receives this message from his wife, warning him about Jesus. While Jesus is on trial, he's sitting in his judgment seat to judge Jesus. He's got this mob there that is getting worked up. And this must have really caused Pilate to pause here. And so Pilate, at this point, Pilate knows that Jesus is innocent. He's declared that he's innocent. Herod Antipas found no fault in Jesus. And now Pilate receives this sobering warning from his wife. Listen, Pilate knows the right thing to do is to dismiss this case. Case dismissed. He knows that. He knows the right thing to do is to set Jesus Christ free. But he's not courageous enough to do it. Again, this is the same Pilate that anytime anybody protests, he just sends the troops in and crushes them. And now he's lost his courage. He doesn't have the courage to do the right thing. The crowd is, is influencing him. Other people are influencing him. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. That is the best time to do the right thing. The best time to do the right thing is the moment you know the right thing to do. Doing the right thing is not something you should put off until later. Don't delay doing the right thing when you know the right thing to do. Don't put it off. The longer you delay doing the right thing, the harder it will be to do the right thing. And probably all of us here have been in a situation at some point in life when we knew the right thing to do, or we knew that we should say no, or we knew that we should shut something down, and we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off, maybe because of peer pressure, maybe because we didn't want to offend someone, maybe because we didn't want to hurt someone's feelings, and we put off doing the right thing, and then later on we regretted it. We regret it not taking action sooner. We regret it putting it off. And we said, I should have done that a long time ago, or I should have done that six months ago, or I should have dealt with that thing at the very beginning when I knew that it was wrong, before I got so deep into this and so entangled in this, and now i got to get myself untangled from all of this. And it would have been so much easier if I would have just done the right thing when I knew the right thing to do and not put it off. As soon as Pilate knew Jesus was innocent, he should have dismissed the case, but he didn't. And he's just getting sucked into this thing now. Look at verse 20. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. 
You know, there's people from all over Israel there in Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover, all over the Mediterranean world that would make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And so maybe in the multitude there, there's many people, they they don't really know who Barabbas is. Maybe they don't know who Jesus is. But the chief priests and the elders, they know those guys. They recognize those guys. And here the chief priests and the elders are in the crowd, and they're saying, release Barabbas. And so the crowd just kind of goes along with the chief priests. They persuade the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Notice, they all said to him, let him be crucified. All of them. There's not one sympathizer with Jesus in the crowd at this point. They all want him to be crucified. Pilate asked the question, what should I do with Jesus? And that's a question that every person has to answer. What will you do with Jesus? And how you answer that question will determine where you spend eternity. You know, in 1 John chapter 5, Verses 11 and 12, it's, it says, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's pretty clear. If you have the Son, you've put your faith and trust in the Son, Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, you have eternal life. If you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you do not have eternal life. What will you do with Jesus? That's the question we all have to answer. And no one can answer that question for us. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. They all want Jesus crucified. Release Barabbas. Now the name Barabbas, the name Barabbas means the son of the father. The son of the father. And so the crowd is demanding a false son of the Father instead of the true son of the Father, Jesus Christ. It's a foreshadowing of the world's embrace of the Antichrist, really. The world during the tribulation will receive the false Christ, the Antichrist. They'll look to a false Savior instead of the true Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 23. The crowd says, let him be crucified. And then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the louder saying, let him be crucified. The crowd does not answer Pilate's question. What evil has he done? They can't answer that question because Jesus has done no evil. He's without sin. He lived a perfect life. And so... Since the crowd can't answer the question, what evil has he done? What do they do? They just shout even louder. Let him be crucified. People haven't changed at all in 2,000 years. You, you ask somebody a reasonable question today, if they can't answer it, they'll just shout louder. Right? They'll just shout you down. Well, why can't you answer my question? Let him be crucified! Isn't that the culture we live in today? Look at verse 24. 
When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult or a riot was rising. Remember, his job is to keep peace. He's got a riot forming on his hands. He took water and he washed his hands before the multitude. This is the same guy who would just send his troops in. The same guy who had some of his soldiers disguise themselves as Jews and and mingle in with the crowd and then just massacre the Jews. Now he sees he's not going to prevail. He's not going to convince them that he's innocent. He sees that the crowd is getting worked up. And so now he takes water and he washes his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person, this innocent person. You see to it. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Listen, you cannot wash your hands of Jesus. You can't just wash your hands and say, I I don't know. I don't know if he's a savior or not. I don't know if he's the only way to heaven or not. You can't be neutral. You can't remain undecided on Jesus. Jesus said, listen, he said, you are either for me or you're against me. He doesn't allow us to be neutral. You're either for me or you're against me. You're either for Jesus And if you're not for Jesus, that means you're against Jesus. Whoa, wait a minute, Pastor Dan. I'm not against Jesus. Well, are you living for him? Well, we'll know. Well, then you're against him. Those are the only two lanes that Jesus offers us. You're either living for him or you're living against him. And here Pilate just tried just I'm going to wash my hands of this whole thing. You guys do what you want. You see to it, verse 25. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. We'll take the blame for His death. His blood will be upon us and our children. That's how badly they wanted Jesus destroyed. They're willing to take the blame. I don't think they fully understood what they were saying when they said this. It's funny, though, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, if you're taking notes, in Acts chapter 5, the same religious leaders will accuse the apostles of trying to blame them for the death of Jesus, and they will say to the apostles, you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Wasn't that what you said? You said, his blood be upon us. In Acts, they're saying, don't try to put his blood on us. We didn't kill him. So verse 26 Then he released Barabbas to them. If anyone knew what it means to have Jesus die in your place, it's Barabbas. Barabbas was guilty. Barabbas deserved to die on a cross, but he was set free because an innocent man died on the cross in his place. 
And the only reason Barabbas was released is because Jesus was condemned in his place. That's the gospel message. That is what the gospel message looks like. We are guilty in our sin and we deserve God's judgment. We deserve God's wrath. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but Jesus died in our place on the cross as our substitute. He was punished in our place for our sins, and now we have been released from God's judgment. We've been released from God's wrath. Just like Barabbas, we've been set free. And we've been set free from God's judgment and wrath, not because of anything we've done, not because of how good we are, but because in our place condemned, he stood. And if you're trying to find how this story relates to you or what the application is for you with this passage, we are Barabbas in the story. That's where we fit into the story. We are all Barabbas in this story, condemned by our sin, deserving of judgment, yet set free because an innocent man took our place and died on the cross for us. So verse 26, they released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So Jesus was scourged before he was crucified. And Matthew doesn't describe the scourging or the crucifixion to us because his original readers were familiar with both. They didn't need a description of it. When they would scourge someone, the Romans would use a whip that had several leather straps attached to a wooden handle and tied into those leather straps were pieces of sharp glass and sharp metal and lead weights. Think of like a fishing weight. And the whip that was used in a scourging, it was designed to tear the flesh off of the body. And sometimes so much flesh would be ripped off of the body by the scourging that bones and organs would be exposed. It would tear the flesh off all the way down to the bone. And the Romans would scourge a person's entire body, not only the back, but the legs, the calves, the feet, the front of the body, even the face. And the Romans did not set a limit on the number of lashes they gave a person when they scourged them. The Jews did have a limit of 40 lashes. Sometimes you hear that, 40 lashes or 40 minus one. That was a Jewish limit. The Romans had no such limit to the number of lashes. And what they would do is they would take a victim, the criminal or whatever, and they would tie that person, tie their wrists to a post where they're kneeling next to this post and their back is stretched and exposed. And they would have a Roman soldier on each side of that person, each with one of these whips. And those two soldiers would just wail on that person. And that was their job. And they would just wail and wail upon that prisoner, sometimes prisoners died because of the blood loss during the scourging and never even make it to the cross. And the purpose of the Romans doing this, the purpose of doing this before crucifying someone was to get that person to confess to their crime. But Jesus is without sin. 
He's dying in our place as our substitute. He's done nothing wrong. He's got nothing to confess. And you can imagine if you're a Roman soldier and that's your job is to get them to confess to their crime. And Jesus is silent. What are you going to do? You're going to wail even harder on them. And you're going to keep going and going and you say, flip them over. I'm going to get this guy to confess to his crime. Because that's your job. And they wailed on him to try to get him to confess and he was silent. They would scourge somebody to get them to name their accomplices in their crime. He died for you. He died for me. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't start naming names? Aren't you glad he didn't tell, tell them your name? I'm glad he didn't tell them my name. And this scourging, it really was a fulfillment of Scripture. Psalm 129, verse 3, listen to this. The plowers plowed on my back. They made their furrows long. What a graphic description. The plowers plowed on my back. You can picture those Roman soldiers plowing away with that whip on his back, making their furrows long. Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus endured the scourging and he endured the cross for us because he loves us. He took the punishment for our transgressions and our iniquities. He was chastened in our place for our peace so that we could have peace with God and have our sins forgiven. Second Corinthians chapter five says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Instead, God imputed our trespasses to Christ and then punished Christ in our place for our trespasses so that we could be reconciled to God. And after Jesus was scourged, the other Gospels tell us Pilate brought him out before the crowd one more time and said, Behold the man. Look at what he's done to Christ. Behold the man. And the crowd said, crucify him. They wanted him destroyed. The scourging wasn't enough for the crowd. They wanted him destroyed. And so after he was scourged, Pilate delivered him to be crucified. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you endured the scourging for us. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed, Lord. We thank you that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. We thank you that the chastisement for our peace was 
laid upon you, upon your back. We thank you for that today. We thank you, Jesus, that you willingly gave your life for us, dying in our place. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.